as we do our adventure through the Eastern Cape, we were very pleased to chance upon Heidi Halgren. Now, Heidi comes from a completely different environment, as so many people in tourism do. And she says that she ended up in tourism by accident. But judging from the fact that she's been a global traveler, having lived in Russia and Kenya and Ghana, as well as working in Latin America and several of the Chinese, Korean and Japanese countries, all in all, Heidi sounds like a very interesting addition to our program featuring the Eastern Cape. Heidi, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. I'd love to hear how that accident happened because you studied business administration. And by your own admission, you said it was very boring. And then you then you migrated to public relations. And here you are in tourism. So please share with us how this journey brought you to this point. Good afternoon, Janet. First of all, thank you very much for inviting me onto your show. It's really a privilege to to be here, um, and I'm sure that Kabbalah is very grateful as well. Yes, as you said, Janet, I studied business administration, and uh, it was quite boring. I was not the type of person to be a paper pusher or an office-based person. I then decided public relations is it, because you do get out, you do write stories and so forth, and you actually fight for companies. And then I got married um, and my husband was in the tourism sector. And mm -hmm. as he was being transferred to different areas within South Africa, um, I had to travel with him. And that is how I accidentally actually happened to fall into tourism, if I may call it that, to land into this type of sector of, of South Africa, which is what wonderful. What a happy accident that sounds like, because there's also some love and excitement involved. It wasn't yes. just an accident. <laughs> yes. Uh, however, t tourism is is quite challenging as well in the sense of you do travel a lot. Um, but the upside is you do see a lot and you experience a lot. And um, the adventure beyond just the name tourism is actually very remarkable. So talking about remarkable, I also love that you call yourself a mere golden age of 49 because I've been told that 60 is the new 40 and that 80 is the new 60. So I'm loving that you just embrace the longevity and the youth that is related to this industry, because it really is one of those industries that are eternally useful. You cannot age when you're in this industry because it really keeps you excited and engaged because of all the interactions. But besides that, because of the nature of what it is that we do in the sector. Now, Heidi Pabala is a private nature reserve and it features three ecobiomes. You need to explain to that what to us what that is. I'm very curious to hear. It's located between Luri and Henke, and we've been hearing some very interesting names from the Eastern Cape. So please tell us what that location means. Certainly. Um, yes, we are located in the Khamtuas Valley. Khamtuas meaning roaring lion. It is the eastern gate gateway to the Bavians uh, Mega Reserve, which is a World Heritage Site. Yes, Pabala is uh, featured on three ecobiomes on our property. Um, ecobiome means that your fauna, flora and your vegetation. And that, of course, brings with it uh, different types of animal species. Of course, birds. We are a birding paradise. Uh, insects and flowers. Um, the first of all is our river ravine. That is the area that is right onto the Hamtuas River. Then the second is our valley thicket, 
that is all of the valleys and all of the, the bushes and the different type of shrubs you find in the mountains. And then the Feinbos. Feinbos is only found in two provinces in South Africa and the world, Western Cape and Eastern Cape. And we are very blessed to have a Feinbos ecobiome at Pabala. And you refer to Pabala as a hidden gem, an authentic experience. Will you tell us what makes it a hidden gem and what's authentic about it? First of all, because we are located, our main town is Luri. Uh, not a lot of people know about Luri, and Luri and Hanky are two of the most iconic and historic uh, little towns of the Eastern Cape. First of all, because Hanky is the resting place, final resting place for Sarah Bartman, which we all know by now. Um, the Sarah Bartman mm -hmm. District Municipality is also named after her. So that is where the Koi comes out very strong. You know, that is our heritage. Um, and so we are very very blessed and very fortunate to be only about six kilometers from uh, the Sarah Bartman Center of Remembrance and also the largest sundial in the Southern Hemisphere, which is located in Hanke. Um That is just fascinating. Now, so if that, I had to come to you, how would, how would I get there? I would fly from Cape Town to Port Elizabeth? Yes, there are two ways you can do it. You can fly from Cape Town to Port Elizabeth. Then you take the N2 en route to Jeffreys Bay. However, at the Thorn Hill, Hanky Turnoff, you take a turn, you go right over the bridge, over the into, and you drive towards Lurie and Hanky. We are situated six kilometers just before Hanky. From the Garden Route Cape Town area, you can drive. Um, of course, you go um, past the Titikama area. We are only 45 minutes from the Titikama, just so that you know. Uh, and at the Himansdorf St. Francis exit, you take off and then you turn left towards Hanky and then within Hanky, you will turn right towards Pabala, only 15 minutes from the end to. Now, I remember seeing the sign for Hanky because we often do that drive. And I was wondering why it sounded so familiar when you said it. And now I know exactly where it is. So not a bad drive to do. About five hours from Cape Town, you would say, Heidi? No, from Cape Town, it's about eight hours. Remember, you have to go oh, wow. through past mm. the whole garden route, past Mossel Bay, uh, through Neisner, um, and then you will get to the Titikama area. You'll pass the the bungee jump, you know, face adrenaline. You'll pass them. Yes. Uh, yes, and then basically you will reach um, the turnoff that goes to Himansdorf, Pankey, and St. Francis. If you're, if you're breaking the journey or wanting to adventure on the road and love the great outdoors and the great South African road trip, then that's recommended. But if you want to get there quickly, then best to fly into Port Elizabeth. And then from Port Elizabeth, what am I looking at travel time? About 45 minutes from the airport. Oh, that's not bad at all. That's very accessible. So when I get there, Heidi, what can I hope to experience? It's very much a rustic type of private nature reserve. Uh, we are four-star graded, so we do have suites, which is a bed and breakfast um, offering. Uh, we also have got uh, self-catering cottages, two of them, one sleeping four people and one sleeping five. And then we have got our very popular tented bush camp. Um, that is a rustic type of glamping. Uh, we do have a, a lapa and a farm pool. It was an old farm dam that we cleaned out and we painted it and it's now a pool. Nice and cool, crisp water because it's all borehole water that's pumped into it. And it has an ablution facility. The reason why it's an ablution facility is because we are once again eco. We are conservation. 
So um, having a shower and a kitchen and a toilet next to each tent has got a lot of water wastage. Um, and so also electricity. So we've got a little sun um, energy uh, light on each of the tents that people can use for the evenings, but there's no electricity in the tents uh, because animals can smell electricity. And the tented bush camp is inside of the reserve. So you will very easily wake up in the morning with the golden blue wildebeest grazing next to your tent. Or um, you will be lighting a fire in the evening and the giraffe will come strolling by. Something to look forward to every morning, I'm sure, Heidi, and a surprise for many um, mm. who come that close. You know, we recently did a tented camp and the elephants were right there, right near our tent. And it was overwhelming because you know that they're big, but you don't realize how big until they're right in front of you. Then you feel tiny and, and actually quite minuscule. So it's quite a life-changing experience when you come that close to animals. And I think that it's quite special because it reminds us of our own minuteness in the scheme of things, in the scheme of this whole ecosystem. Of course, of course. And, you know, it, it's very important for us to remember that the bush is their home. It's not our home. We are visiting their home. That is why we try and keep it as natural as possible. Well, it sounds very idyllic. It really sounds like a great getaway. And I, I'm assuming that there's limited connectivity, which is also quite a blessing. But for those that are wanting to retreat and work remotely, is is there strong Wi-Fi? Can somebody work there for a week and maybe write a best-selling novel? Or is it really a place to retreat to and do very much of nothing? It's actually very much a mix of both. Uh, we, uh, our Valley View Suites all have got full strong Wi-Fi and so does our venue. The bush camp has got a very strong signal so you can bring your own modem or use your phone hotspot to do some work. Uh, and so also the both cottages. Um, we have got a few people that sometimes visit us like book writers and mm -hmm. they stay in the cottages and then they start meandering out and doing our activities like we have got guided game drives, viewing our uh, color variants of game antelope. We are commercial bee farmers at Pabala. We've got currently 800 active hives, meaning 800 active and healthy queens and an estimated 2.5 million bees. We are also craft wow. brewers and we have uh, craft brewers of gin and rum and we have a restaurant on site. So no need to do self-catering at all if you really want to just go and enjoy yourself and just rest. Wow, it sounds like there's quite a service offering. I had no idea. Bees and 800 queens on one farm. And how many bees did you say? An estimated 2.5 million. Oh, my goodness. That's an overwhelming amount. That is just phenomenal. And what else did you say is on that farm? We do uh, guided game drives, and we also do Fainboss nature walks, teaching people the difference of Fainboss and what little shrubs and bushes the koi use uh, for medicinal reasons. Wow. Well, Heidi, I don't know what you're doing in Fontaine, but if I had to choose, I'd definitely be heading back to Pabala for all its quiet and calm and wonderful resource. Um, it's been great learning a little bit more about Pabala and all its offerings. It's really been a phenomenal chat.
Thank you very much. Yes, I will be Is there anything that, that you would like to share with our listeners before we say goodbye to you? Yes, I think um, off the beaten track, accommodations and experiences are small little hidden gems of South Africa. And finding them and stumbling upon them is sometimes the wowness that you actually need to add to mm-hmm. itinerary that you have not planned. And that normally makes a very remarkable and a very exciting experience for anybody traveling that area. Like I said, we are only 15 minutes off the N2 and another 15 minutes back onto the N2. So it's not really a very far uh, off the N2 drive. Uh, The road is very good. Uh, Not really many potholes. They have resurfaced the whole road. And uh, other than that, we are also close to one of the biggest strawberry and berry farms in the Eastern Cape. Oh, now you have my attention. Honey (laughs) and berries, two of my favorite things. So we are surrounded by agricultural farms and we work together with all the farmers around us. Um, so, And we also do share the experiences at Kabbalah. Heidi, one last question for you before we say goodbye to you. What can we as tourism do to support the region and, and your establishment in particular? Let's network. Come out and come visit us. Come actually see what we are offering. To look at a picture is one thing, but to actually experience it for yourself is something totally different. So take the time to come and experience what we are offering instead of only looking at a picture. Sounds phenomenal, Heidi. We will certainly take you up on that. And we hope that several of our tourism players and our listeners in general come out to explore and find this hidden gem with 800 queen bees and many millions of bees and berries and all things beautiful. Thank you, Heidi. It's been a great chat and we're looking forward to seeing you at Kabbalah. Thank you very much. As we do our great Eastern Cape adventure, we would be coming short if we didn't stop and experience the Sunday's River Adventure offering. And we are very pleased to be joined today by Kelly McIver, who's played quite a pivotal role in nurturing the growth of the Sunday's River Adventure company since, goodness, 2015. So she was there and pivotal during the time of COVID, and I'm sure she has lots of stories to tell. What I'm intrigued by as a fellow creative is that she has a diploma in fine art and a degree in photography, which must add great value to the social media and the traditional media for the Sunday's River Adventures. But I'm going to welcome Kelly now so that she can tell us a little bit more about this journey that brought her to this point. Hello, Kelly. Hi there. How are you? I'm good, Kelly. We're very happy to have you on the show. And I see that you've done quite an adventure. You actually are creative by heart, but you're now a general manager. And a general manager is usually the person who does everything, and I'm sure you'll agree. Tell me what brought you to this point. Um, I actually started off, yeah, like I say, in 2015, so it has been quite a while. I was actually visiting the Sundays River on holiday when I noticed that there was a marketing and photography type of opportunity there. So I offered my my talents just to improve the area and possibly market it. And then, yes, it grew and grew and grew. And, and, and like I say, now I am the general manager of Sundays River Adventures. Absolutely. So it sounds like it was a labor of love. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) And I see you have some aspirations to leave us and move to the US of A. 
Yes, yes. And champion South, South Africa's tourism industry. Definitely. Um, I think Excellent. South Africa can be promoted in a such greater way because we have so such a diverse offering here in Eastern Cape, all over South Africa, but specifically in the Eastern Cape because that is where <laughs> I have been based and I'd love to share it with the rest of the world. So Sunday's mm. River Adventures is about 30 minutes from Port Elizabeth. Yes, yes, it is. It's just straight on the end to Elizabeth towards Grahamstown. And we are in Colchester, very, very small village. So we always say to the clients, don't blink because you might miss it. So if I was coming to visit you, I'd fly into Port Elizabeth, right? Yes. Excellent. So I'm flying into Port Elizabeth and I'm coming to Colchester. How long will that drive take me to get to you? We have measured it from, let's say, the airport in Port Elizabeth. Um, it would take about a 30-minute drive just to come out to us. And then we usually direct all of our guests to our Taste of Africa restaurant, where we will get the guests. Sounds interesting. So, firstly, um, please tell us what are some of the adventures that we can expect to experience in the Sundays River? So with the with the beauty of the Sunday River and it's it's quite a hidden gem, um, we promote the guests to come and view all of the the beautiful sand dunes and all of that there on our river cruise tours. Um, so that's one of the tours we do where we go up the Sunday River towards the river mouth, and we stop at the dunes there for the guests to climb out and and view all the beautiful sights and take nice selfies. And then for our adventurous type of guests, we offer sandboarding. Um, so it's sort of like snowboarding on those type of boards where you stand up. And then we go, we head down the dunes with our guides directing the guests on, on what to do and all of that. Other tours we offer is our canoe hire or our canoe trail. So that's also more for the adventurous and, and fit fit guests. The canoe hires, the, the guests can just hire a canoe and we give them directions on what to do and where to go. And the guests are welcome to head out and explore the river by themselves. Or we also offer a canoe trail where the guests would canoe 13 kilometers upriver to our cabin wow. where they spend. So one would need a, a fair amount of a fitness level in order to do this. Yes, I mean we've we've had a variety of guests join us for that, and and we we try and plan the tours for that particular activity according to the tides and all of that, so that the guests don't overwork themselves. Um, and then we do offer assistance where needed. But yeah, with that, then the guests, it's a very nice experience to be completely out in nature. And just enjoy yourselves with a nice brown in the evening and then they canoe back the next day. So, Kelly, is this something that you do on a regular basis, the canoeing? I wouldn't say too much of the canoeing, but I do enjoy joining the guests out on the river cruise or even the sandboarding because that's a that's a good skill to have on your side. <laughs> Absolutely, and good core muscles. Yes, definitely. I know that Carl Buerta is the, the owner. He is the visionary behind Sunday's River Adventures. 
Maybe you can tell us a little bit about Carl and how Sunday's River Adventures has started and where it's at now. Okay, so yes, Carl, Carl was the owner and, and saw he was born in Colchester with his family around the area. Um, he grew up along the river and, and saw the beauty and potential of the Sunday's River and what it could offer. Um, so in 2012, he started with sandboarding. Do the tours himself, bought the boat, and just promoted it like that, doing his own marketing and so forth. And then in 2015, I joined joined his team, and we developed the other tours with the river cruises and, and all of that. Uh, we have three boats that in total can take up to 72 people at one time, and then also one of our more unique Offerings is our Maggie May houseboat, which is one of the places as accommodation we offer in Colchester. So that's a nice, unique experience for guests to join us. So it might it must be quite idyllic living in Colchester. Please tell us what is a typical day like for you. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. I know we we've had our our recent storm and all of that, but. It's still beautiful to just view the sunsets and sunrises there on the river. Guests often say that, oh, the winters must be so cold for you, but it's actually the most beautiful time of year because during the day you just get that glow of sun on, on the sand dunes and it's just, it's perfect to be outdoors and experiencing the beauty around us in nature. So I would definitely entice other people just to come peak a spot at our, <laughs> our river. Oh, well, it sounds quite idyllic, Kelly. It sounds like a place that our listeners should migrate to and certainly mm. come and experience first. From what you're saying, I'm envisaging unspoiled, lots of open space, really Instagrammable pictures, and just a huge amount of peace and quiet. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Um, the dunes we the the range of dunes that we have is one of the largest most unspoiled dunes in South Africa. It ranges all along the coast. We've got from the bay up into the wild coast. Um, so it's it's yeah, you can't see the end point of the dunes <laughs> if I could say it so. Oh, fascinating. It's great. I think we've all come to appreciate wide open spaces and it sounds quite idyllic, Kelly. So thank you for sharing these beautiful adventures with us. We look forward to experiencing it ourselves and migrating to the Sunday's River Adventures and using some of our core muscles pretty, pretty soon. Thank you so much, Kelly. All the best. Thank you so much. Thank you.